0: Welcome or welcome back to the Beyond Life podcast. My name is Kate Christensen. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm so excited that you are joining me today. It's been a while since I said that and I feel like that is my intro to every episode now. It's been a while. It's been a while but normally I feel like when I say that it's been a while in a very taxing and not great way but Recently it's been a while and I graduated, I finished my AP tests, Um, you know, I'm moving on with my life. I'm planning to at Biola. We went to Elevate with our church and that's all really exciting stuff, but it consumed my time. And now it's summer, so hopefully this will consume my time. And I'm really excited for this new series. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but I was talking to different people about it. I really want to do a mental health series because I really think it's very important. I think it's vital as a Christian and just as people, we understand what's happening in our minds and why we feel certain types of ways and how we can kind of deal with it, cope with it, find mechanisms within our faith to help guide us through our hard seasons. And I feel like it's not necessarily talked about as much as it should be, especially within the church. Mental health is sometimes just swept aside you know, pray about it or you know, you shouldn't be struggling with that or whatever. So we're gonna take a deep dive (laughs) starting with today. Today's episode is specifically about kind of the start, the intro to this. So In order to kind of evaluate, you know, our anxiety or depression or anger or anything, you know, we might struggle with in those ways, we have to evaluate what's happening in our mind. So the thing today kind of is debunking our mind, not debunking, what did I say? (laughs) Decluttering our mind. We're making space for the Lord, right? Because I feel like a lot of the times, especially in pop. Popular culture, in just the world we are today, there's so many things that fill our mind you know, social media, TV, books, school, work, um, friends, family, news. We are in what I would argue a constant state of information. And that comes with being in the technology age, right? You know, there's always things at our fingertips. There's always things we're being exposed to. In a way, generations in the past really haven't been. And that kind of creates this struggle because we as a human species haven't developed to cope with this kind of stuff. As a Christian, we get swept up in it just as much as everybody else does but my argument is we shouldn't. We should pause, take deep breaths, and find ways and make space for the Lord to come in and fill that, you know, that void or that space in our mind that's super cluttered up right now. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I am so passionate about thoughts, how we think, why we think, how it affects our lives. I've actually been planning this episode, taking different notes and Bible verses down for the whole time I haven't filmed. Because I've been wanting to film this, I just haven't sat down to film this, but I have so many notes and I have a lot of quotes that I think will be helpful. I have a lot of Bible verses, and I'm laughing to myself because I wish you could see this. I have three Bibles open, and each have two different verses um, sectioned off in there. I have my C.S. Lewis uh, daily readings book, and I have my notebook for this episode. And it's just it's funny because I have all of this to talk to you today, but it makes me feel a bit more qualified, so I'm excited. And one of the reasons I'm so passionate about thoughts, I like to think, is because I understand how it can truly affect you and affect us in our lives. For example, (laughs) um, Marcus Aurelius said, our lives are what our thoughts make of this. And this isn't just in, you know, secular, uh, scientists or th- um, thinkers who are saying different kinds of things like this. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as he thinks within himself, so is he. Um, you are the sum of your thoughts. And a lot of the time, our thoughts can feel out of control. They can feel like not our own. They can be very loud. But what we think directly affects who we are and how we act and how we interact with other people, what we say, what we do, different, all those different kinds of things. The soul is dyed the color of its thoughts. It goes so deep within us, and I think a lot of the times we forget how impactful a thought can be because it's just a thought. But Stanford said that over 2,000 different chemical secretions are released into the body from the br- from the brain into the bloodstream when all based on a person's thought. So when you think all different kinds of chemicals, like thousands of chemicals are released into your body, leading you to do different things. And um, I was astounded when I read this. Um, a study by John Hopkins found that 70% of disease is psychosomatic, um, which means that the disease started in the mind. So someone basically was like, oh, I'm kind of feeling a little bit down. 70% of the time that thought led them to actually be sick. That's how powerful a thought is. And when I'm thinking, <laughs> obviously I'm just kind of taken aback because the power of a thought like what is what is the power of the thought and how do we give that power to the Lord and how do we walk in faith with our thoughts and so we know now that thoughts control so much of who we are and they're very powerful and they affect us very deeply. And what I instantly think of is, if this is the power of thoughts, then how do we counteract that? Because when I think thoughts, I think negative thoughts. It's the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> it's, a thing. it's what I think of. Um, and negative thoughts, I think everybody deals with. And everybody brushes away. We don't understand how powerful they truly are. If 70% of diseases are psychosomatic, according to John Hopkins, doesn't that mean that if you tell yourself you're not worthy, if that little voice you think, you think that you're not worthy, you won't be 70% of the time. And when you tell yourself you're not enough, don't, just by thinking that you won't be. I was watching a YouTube (laughs) short with my dad and it was about this study and these women had been given scars. You know, they didn't actually have scars but they were given scars and they were told, you are going to go into the job interview with the scar, um, try and see how they interact with you differently, right? And so they told them they were going to touch it up right before they left, and they completely removed the scar. And then, um, the all the women, every single one, came back reporting that they felt like they were being discriminated against. That there were comments made that they felt were specific to their scar, like all these different kinds of things. So if you think negatively about yourself, if you think there's some kind of thing. You know, wrong with you. You are looking for all the ways in every other individual, in every interaction that those play true. So when someone says something to you and you believe it, or you believe something and someone says something that's not even remotely close, but you feel like it affirms it, it will affirm it and you'll live that. And that's why I think thoughts are so dangerous, but they don't have to be. But how do we get to a spot where the little voice in our head isn't a negative one? And I've had this conversation multiple times. This is something I'm very passionate about. I try to be a positive thinker and I feel deeply like it's improved my life. And part of that is surrendering my thoughts, surrendering my mind, surrendering everything to the Lord. And I didn't really necessarily understand what that meant until I was at Elevate a week and a half ago. And I really sat at the altar and I said, here, God, I surrender everything. I don't care about A, B, or C anymore. I don't care about college. I know I'm going to Biola and I know that my min- my major is Christian ministry and I know that's what you want for me. I don't care what you know whoever's gonna say I'm graduating in a few days I don't care what I look like I just want to be yours I just want to give my life to you and I want you to work and I want you to move and I want you to be the Lord over my life and I want my faith to be the substance by which I endure and I keep going and there's some, there's a guy, his name, he said, oh, I'm Pastor Daniel, but I don't know what he looks like, (laughs) because I was praying, but he prayed over me, and one of the things he said, he said, I pray that when you stand up, you know every chain is broken, every burden is lifted, and that your life is fully his, and I stood up, and I felt like, 20 pounds lighter, like I felt this immense joy and peace and calm because I knew that everything that had been holding me back from complete oneness with the Lord, everything that had been holding me back from having a good relationship with him from, you know, whatever that might look like was gone. It was released when I stood up. There was no more shame, there's no more guilt, there was no more sin. I just was whole. And since then, it's been a week and a half, and I haven't had those negative thoughts come back. I haven't had them. Like, I was like trying on an outfit in the mirror like a few days ago, one of the last days of school, and I looked at myself and where I would have said, oh, this outfit is stupid, I have to go change. I said, I don't care what I look like because I know that the God of the universe calls me by name and that's what's most important. And I saw how that redirection and how that redirection is continuing to transform me and renew me and make me whole every single day. And as I continue to redirect with the power and with the hope and with the knowledge of what God says about me, I am changing. My heart is changing. My soul is not is no longer colored the color of negative thoughts. It's colored the color of positive thoughts. And part of surrender is making room for the Lord in our lives. And I don't think I really understood it until this elevate, elevate again, but the Holy Spirit is so powerful. And I think a lot of the times we dismiss it as a church body, as Christians, we're just like, oh, you know, God, the son, the Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit's always last and Holy Spirit's not talked about as much as it should be. It's kind of something when you read it in the Bible, the Holy Spirit gave Paul and all the other um, disciples after Jesus had ascended to heaven. He gave them all the power to heal and spread the gospel and do these miraculous signs that Jesus was doing. And they couldn't have done it before. And even I have the verse right here. I just have to figure out which Bible I put it in. John 16, 7 even Jesus himself said, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In John 16:7 it says, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And that's just insane to me that jesus is saying i should go because this spirit is going to be better for you than i could be than i could be of use because jesus saved us jesus stood up on that cross jesus endured all that he did he lived a perfect life and he granted us salvation but the holy spirit gets to live in us every single day And John 14, 26 says, But when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one like me who set you free, he will teach you all things in my name. And he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. So, (laughs) yeah, the Holy Spirit is powerful. And part of making space is just inviting that Spirit to come and fill your life. And I feel, I, there's this one song, I think it's by Hillsong Worship, and it's the end of the song is just, come and fill me again, come and fill me again. And that was my prayer at Elevate, God, come and fill me again. And the Lamoris Crawford, he was a speaker, and he kept talking about the Holy Spirit, and how powerful the Holy Spirit is, and he said, I pray that the Holy Spirit moves in your lives right now like it's never moved in your life before. And it was so powerful just to feel that we were in worship. We were singing. And I just, I was talking to my friend Sudi about it a little bit. And we were saying, you know, normally we're in worship and we're singing. And we're always, you know, there for the Lord. But there's always something that we're holding back, you know. I personally am not a great singer. (laughs) So there's always like the, I don't want to like scream horribly and ruin this experience for other people. But In that moment, it just didn't matter. It all faded away. And it just was true and utter praise. And it just, I felt like I, I I wouldn't say I fell to my knees, but I felt the need to be on my knees. Like my legs were weak and we were all, like a group of us were just standing there and kind of worshiping together and swaying side to side. But I was like, God, I need to be at your feet right now. And I don't want my strength to keep standing in this glorious presence. And the most powerful thing to me after that experience is knowing that that spirit can be in my life every single day if I invite him to be. Every single day the spirit can come and fill me again and lead me and direct my thoughts. I just have to declutter and invite and renew my mind. You know, And how do you renew your mind? You look in the word. The, the word tells us that our thoughts are so important, that our thoughts impact us. Um, Mark eleven twenty three to 24 says, I assure you, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into to the sea and does not doubt it in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you all things you pray and ask for. Believe that you have received them and you will have them. I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> something else I can... Could... Sorry. Siri, again, interrupting the podcast episode. I think that happened last time. But believe that you have received them and you will have them. Believe that the Holy Spirit can come and fill you. Believe that he can take those things. Negative thoughts from you and take those things that you feel are out of control in your life and take that feeling of emptiness and fill you. He will declutter your mind if you ask Him to. And the best instructions we have for how to follow the Lord and how to cleanse our minds and how to get truth and grace in our lives. Is in this thing called the Bible. That I read some things to you about, and I promise you this book can help you so much more than any self-help book you read, so much more than any you know, book that tells you how to redirect your thoughts because this is truth. This is the word, this is the breath of life. This is given to us by an almighty God who wants to intervene in our lives, a God who split the Red Sea. The God who promised Abraham children when he was away, past childbearing years, and delivered that. The God who made Jacob, who was in prison and a slave, the right hand of Pharaoh. God is a faithful God. That God who worked in the Old Testament, who worked in the New Testament, who lived through Jesus. He wants to intervene in our life. And he wants to help us have good thoughts because what he says about us is only good, right? He calls us redeemed. He calls us forgiven. He calls us loved. He tells us we're enough. We are worthy. We are valued. We are everything that we think we can't be. That is what God says about us. And that is the truth. And that's the word. Uh, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect, and the perfect will of God. Renew your mind. So you have to focus on renovation. Why are you still thinking broken, damaged thoughts? Just ask yourself why. It's not making your life better. I guarantee it's making it worse. So why not redirect that? Are you constantly complaining? You're alive. And you get to live a better day today and tomorrow than you did yesterday. So look for the good. And acknowledge and appreciate and think. One thing that has helped me with gratitude and appreciating and less complaining is every time something good happens to me, I thank God for it. So this morning I had a good coffee and I thanked God for it. This morning I found a new show that was really interesting, so I thanked God for it. And I had a really good workout like 30 minutes ago, so I thank God for it. And the energy and the positivity and the happiness in my life in, like, it's just this. I imagine this steep curve upwards, this exponential curve upwards, because gratitude is one of the biggest factors to happiness and contentness. Are you jealous or envious? That's holding you back. Don't compare yourself to others. If you are a Christian and you if you are living in faith, if you're doing the things God calls you to do if you're doing what you feel the Spirit is leading you to do, if you are having the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control, kindness, I know those are out of order, but if you have all those things, people should want to be like you. And they probably do if you're living in the way. So don't be jealous of others because God created you to be you. The world needs who God created you to be. Are you focusing on the bad too much? Are you overwhelmed? Are you defeated by how you view yourself? All these things are toxic. They are literally like (laughs) if you ate a battery, but in your mind, like they're so bad for you. They can literally kill you. 70% of diseases are psychosomatic. Renew your mind, renovate your mind. And part of that is acknowledging all the things that are there that shouldn't be there, right? And after you acknowledge all of these things, after you really ask yourself, oh, do I have these things? Am I overwhelmed? Am I jealous? Am I complaining? Am I broken? Or am I thinking damagedly? Like, think about these things. Acknowledge these things. Look for these things. And every time you feel them or you seek them or you find them, redirect them. And redirect them. By looking in the word and saying, oh, God says I'm loved. God says I'm enough. God says Jesus died for me. And so he sees me through that lens. This perfect being. He sees me as he would see Jesus. That's part of the cross, right? So that's how you should see yourself. So redirecting. And if you are able to you know kind of focus more on this and declutter <laughs> declutter take out the boxes every time you're like you have that thought you know that you're in your attic of your head right and there's that box and it's like <laughs> body image issues take out that box and toss it out the window or complaints take that box box and toss it out the window or jealousy take that box out the window and by doing that by addressing those thoughts that you have when you have them you're making space for the spirit to come and fill those spaces on your shelves right you continually need God to work in your life I continually need Lord the Lord to work in my life so every day I will be praying for renewal every day we will be praying for renewal for the Holy Spirit to come and fill our mind and take up space in our lives and guide us and lead us and love us. Look at yourself with the potential God sees in you. If you treat yourself as you are, you will remain. But if you treat yourself as what you could be, if you treat yourself as how God sees you, that's what you will become. Look forward think forward. We just went through the series at church and it was fail forward. Failing in a way that is progressive, failing in a way that mistakes aren't degrading to you, but redirecting and helping you and guiding you and educating you. God will equip you to break through your thoughts if you pray for it. If you ask for it, if you spend time in the word, if you spend time in prayer, if you spend time in community with other Christians, if you listen to this podcast and other podcasts out there, if you spend time in worship music, if you let God fill your life in so many different outlets, if you let him come in in all different directions, he will equip you. And if you ask him, we just read it in Mark 11. If you believe it in your prayer, you will receive it. If you ask him, he will provide it for you. You just have to ask. And you have to invite discipline. You can't just acknowledge the thoughts. You can't just have the thoughts. You have to discipline them by redirecting them. Change your posture when you meet with the Lord, knowing, believing that he can come and fill you again and make you whole and The Spirit can come and fill your life. I want to leave you with one last thing. There is true freedom in God's control. And we can rest in the Lord. That's not the thing I wanted to leave you with. I have my beautiful father. (laughs) He's not going to like I called him beautiful, but... Um, he gave me this book, C.S. Lewis, a Year C.S. Lewis, three hundred sixty-five daily readings, and May 9th was full surrender. And this is what we have to do, not and it starts with our mind, right? Because our mind directly impacts our body and our thoughts and our actions and how we interact with others. So if we start with our mind, everything else will going of fall into place. So, how do we fully surrender? Lewis says laying down your arms, surrendering, saying you are sorry, realizing that you have been on the wrong track and getting ready to start life all over again from the ground floor, that is the only way we out of our whole. This process of surrender, this movement full speed astern is what Christians call repentance. Now repentance is no fun at all. It is something much harder than merely eating humble pie. It means unlearning all of the self-conceit, and self-will that we have been training ourselves into for thousands of years. It means killing part of yourself, undergoing a kind of death. Negative talk and being critical is so common to our culture because the world gives us standards that we couldn't possibly live up to, even if we were a perfect person and none of us are. And so we have to kill that kind of part of ourselves that wants approval, that seeks approval, that speaks valid validity and other people that seeks identity that seeks to be told all these different kinds of things we have to kill that off in a way and fully surrender and that's the start I'm so sorry, he's your think of ways you can debunk your mind this week bye guys also follow me on instagram and spotify